What would you risk your life for? Is there a person or a cause that you are that dedicated to? Something that would make you surrender all, even your life? Can you imagine having such a strong conviction? Let's look into it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. We do this by using true life stories of real people. I'm Timothy Gregory. You're about to meet a man who lived a life of adventure and danger, dodging the king's men, fleeing from his enemies, and meeting with smugglers in the dead of night. What brought this well-educated young Englishman to such a state? Was he an outlaw? Was he a thief? You're about to find out. A cause worth dying for might have you on the run or brought before kings or carrying out something highly illegal in secret. The man in our story did all three, and he did them in the name of the greatest cause you could die for. Let's get into it, folks. The true story of William Tyndale. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to what? Ah, of course, Gloria, and afterward receive me to glory. <laughs> Perfect. William, we are discovered. What? How? I've made arrangements for the next ship. We must leave immediately. These Old Testament translations, not one note must be left behind. We can't take them all, William. They'll slow us down. Charles, if the King's men find them, we'll be burnt at the stake for sure. Oh, oh my. Now grab everything you can and follow me. Make haste. God bless your worship, Cardinal Wolsey, sir. It's such a delight to see you. You're late. Yes, sir. I, I am behind my time. You see that... Stop talking. Yes, Your Worship. Well, what have you found? Uh, well, uh, they must have been informed that we were coming, for there was nothing left but ink and feather. But a neighbor child was in possession of this Gospel of Matthew and had been taught some of the contents herein. I believe it... Shh! Gospel of Matthew, eh? Yes. In English? Oh. Tyndale, you heretic! Pardon your worship. Silence! Listen to me. I want anyone caught in possession of these books to be arrested and tried for heresy. Burn every book, every page, every piece of paper that has so much as a remnant of it. William Tyndale, I shall have my way with you wherever you might be. The year was 1525. There was one official church. All religious writings and ceremonies were in Latin, a language not understood by most of the people. The translation and distribution of the Bible in English had been outlawed, a crime punishable by death. Driven by the idea that God meant all people to understand his word plainly, 
Some men risked their lives and worked tirelessly to translate the Bible into the common language. Such a man was the man in our story. Based on the Torchlighter series, Heroes of the Faith, we bring you the true story of William Tyndale, right now on Unshackled. I was born in 1494 to an educated, well-to-do Welsh family in Gloucestershire, England. After graduating from Oxford, I received my master's at Cambridge University, where I also taught. It was there that I fell in with a group of scholars that would meet up at the White Horse Inn and discuss the topics of the day. <laughs> and, that, and that's why I believe that the Bible alone must determine the practices and doctrines of the church. <laughs> and that's why in Tyndale's world, we'll eventually have no need for the clergy. <laughs> no, no, we of course need the clergy. They are the shepherds of the flock. Yet in that regard, I pray that the flock need not be reliant on the shepherd for all things. Why Tyndale? Are you proposing a flock of sheep that shepherds itself? <laughs> I'm proposing that someday all believers should be able to read the Bible on their own and in their own language. And uh, on that final note, I believe we have concluded our debate session and uh, we'll resume again next week. Good night, all. I can understand their reaction. I was suggesting a serious crime publicly. But man's law does not supersede God's will, and God means for all people to read and understand his word. So, I set about the work of making it so. Oves me meam audient speech. No, voice? Hmm. And I recognize, it, no, not recognize, and I, yes, my sheep hear my voice. Finished. Good. Our dinner guest will be here shortly, and Lady Alice and I would like you to join us. Uh, well, Sir John, come in, please, come in. I see our children's tutor is hard at work during his spare time. Now tell me, what did you finish during these hours? A gospel? Oh, would that were the case? But no, I just finished translating. One more sentence. In all that time. It is scripture. It must be done right. Hmm. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Surely, Sir John, we are to understand as well as hear. The common people... I know. They must have the scriptures. Yes, in English, and not just Latin. William... I suppose you will tell me to be cautious. I admire your courage, William. And your knowledge, which is why I've asked you to tutor my children. But you must not forget that... Teaching the scriptures in English among the people is against the law, yes. You are a scholar, and as a study in languages, this translation is acceptable. But outside of this room... Well, these are most uncertain times. You will recall what happened in Coventry... <laughs> and so rains came, and the waves rose high. But the wise man's house stood strong. But the foolish man did not as Jesus told him. And so when the storm blew, the foolish man's house 
came down. Boom! Tell us another, Father. No, Mother says it's off to bed. Now let's gather round and ask God's blessing. Good. It's bowed. Good boy. Our, Our Father, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. name. May thy kingdom come, thy will, will be done, on this earth as in heaven. What? Granny, Stop it. What are you doing here? Activities have been reported. By the authority of the Holy Mother Church, you are hereby arrested for the events of reciting and teaching the Lord's Prayer in the English language. And for this crime, you shall be punished by death and burned at the stake. Get moving. Father, leave him alone. Get out of my way. No, please. So it is with anyone caught circulating the scriptures in English. Trial by fire. And so light must be brought by one means or another, Sir John. The word of God is a light unto our path. It is for all people to understand and not for the church only. So be it. Come now. Our dinner guest is waiting. I repeat, it is the church which has the authority to interpret sacred scriptures, not the commoners. Yet Christ saw fit to teach the common people, Your Grace. True. He has a point. A point which will prick him. And? And Christ said, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you all things. And so he does, through the church and its interpretation. You're a scholar, an expert in five languages? Eight. Precisely. Think of the preparation you have had to understand scripture. To translate it, the Holy Spirit helps each person to understand it in a way that helps them to follow God. Your soup, sir. Andrew. Sir? Semper tecum ero, numquam te relinquam. I beg your pardon, sir? Did you know that Jesus said, I will always be with you, I will never leave you? Really, sir? That's wonderful. I shall remember that when I miss my father. Oh, for heaven's sake, he's a child. You know very well that Christ spoke in parables difficult to understand, not in common plain talk. Woe to you, teachers of the law, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. How plain a word is that? William! Forgive me, Lady Alice, but it's important to remember that the New Testament was written in the Greek language, the Koine, the language of the common people. I cannot see how we can take it upon ourselves to withhold something that God has so freely and intentionally given to us all, regardless of whether we judge anyone to be a simpleton or not. Every person is the object of Christ's affection and sacrifice. I believe our lively discussion has... Ended. You may think yourself a bright scholar, but you are young and you are inexperienced. If your reckless behavior is any indication of what would happen should the word of God get into the wrong hands, then we were better without God's word than the churches. And, sir, the Bible states, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. If God spare my life, I will cause a plowboy to know more scripture than the average priest. Oh, William. If God spare your life, Tread carefully, Master Tyndale. The fire is never far from a heretic. Good evening. I shall see myself out. 
I fear I have ruined your dinner. <laughs> you have ruined his, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Though, William, I do agree with the Archdeacon. You should be careful. Should? You must. Mr. Tyndale, sir. Not now, Andrew. No, no, it's all right. What is it, Andrew? How do you know Jesus will never leave us? Because his word says so. Here, let me show you. My challenge was working out the vision God gave me of all mankind having access to his word and doing it within the church. Thus, I would avoid danger. Lady Alice set me up with a gentleman known for his love of the scriptures as well as his good standing within the church, Dr. Latimer. And so you see my dilemma, Dr. Latimer. In my heart, I know that God wants all people everywhere to hear his words plainly. And to understand them. Yes, to understand them, but the church denies me the right to make it so. Yet, oh, sir, there seems no way. But there is a way, William. The king? <laughs> the bishop. Of London. He has the authority to commission a Bible translation. And sponsor you as you do it. That is, if he is willing. Oh, sir. Thank you, sir. Lady Alice has contacts in London to make the needed arrangements for your move. Move? But leave Sir John and Lady Alice? I'm responsible for tutoring their children. I couldn't... And why not? Is not your vision worth the cost? Listen to me, William. If you are to pursue this vision of yours, you do best to prepare for greater hardships than that. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or lands for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold. Then London it is. Perhaps God is opening a door. But sir, your bishop, I mean, my lord, why should the common people be denied the very words God would have us know? Oh, come, William. I'm sure it wasn't that bad. Worse, Charles. I have been here a full month. I finally get an appointment to see my lord the bishop, and his answer is... He'll think about it? No! No! His answer is no! Oh. What is the use? I have knocked on doors, I have begged and pleaded, I have pursued every means to gain the consent of the church, but every door, it seems, has been slammed in my face. So then, what will you do? If I cannot do God's work with the church's permission, then I shall do God's work without it. Folks, we'll get back to William's story in just a moment, but first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at 
unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. And then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, unshackled. We take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the true story of William Tyndale. And the sacks of fruit are to be taken immediately to storage. We must get them off the deck before they spark curiosity. Make haste, boy, make haste. Yes, Captain. Sir Monmouth. Hmm. What? What? Why, oh, hey, William. Greetings, friend. I'm sorry you startled me. For a moment there, I thought you were... Well, never mind. How, how was your meeting with the bishop? Disappointing, which is why I've come to see you. That's, uh... Let's go someplace private. So that is how the books are brought in. Sermons from Luther in sacks of fruit? Fruit for the stomach and food for the soul. But no Bibles? No. Not in English, no. And they can't be printed in England. Not with Woolsey's threat of burning, no, no, no. Then I shall have to go as far from Woolsey's heat as possible. Whatever do you... Germany. Uh Germany? You print and smuggle books in? Why can't you smuggle a slightly larger parcel out? You mean you... Shh! Oh. Then you'd best say goodbye to England forever. You will be a hunted fugitive, William. The church will not stand for it. It will be a great price to pay. Not any greater than the Lord's sacrifice for us. I am ready. With very little money, I poured all my energy and focus into continuing the translation of 27 books of the New Testament. Once in Germany, the translated New Testament was printed in secret and the small pocket-sized books were smuggled into England. I even made sure a copy got to Sir John's servant boy, Andrew, who showed such interest in the scriptures, along with a personal note. Please read that last pot again, Sir John. <laughs> all right, one last time, Andrew. Um, ah, here it is. And so, Andrew, study, study the, the scriptures, for they are God's way of teaching us who he is. Finally, I leave you with these verses from 2 Timothy chapter 3. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Yours in Christ, William, William Tyndale. Sir John, how am I to read scripture when I can barely read my own name? Well, Andrew, we'll see if we can't do something about that. The New Testament copies quickly spread, causing joy among the people, but alarm among the church leaders who reacted by writing against me and denouncing my New Testament translation as being filled with errors. Still, I kept translating. I even wrote a response to my critics with a book entitled The Obedience of the Christian Man. For the New Testament, I enlisted a German printer named Peter Quintel who was secretly producing all the copies. That is, until he was visited by the local magistrate that had gotten wind of the activities. Speak up, old man! I, I 
I don't... I don't... A name, Quintel. Give me his name. I'm, I'm not sure. Your Honor... I'm you not... illegally print the scriptures in English for someone whose name you do not recall? Uh, please, please... Don't be stupid, old man. You have lost your business. Will you also lose your life and burn as a heretic? Give me a name! Tyndale! His name is William Tyndale! William, we are discovered. What? How? Herr Quintel, one of his printers must have given us up. The magistrate and his soldiers are at the print shop now. William, it's just a matter of moments before they come here. I've made arrangements for the next ship. We must leave immediately. These Old Testament translations, not one note must be left behind. We managed to escape the authorities in Germany and made our way to Belgium. But I was still very much on the mind of Henry VIII, the King of England. The obedience of the Christian man. A prohibited book. Uh, uh, but, Your Majesty... Silence! This is heresy, soldier. And could very well cost you your life. How did you come about this? I am to blame, Your Highness. You? Lady Anne? And what have you to do with a book of this nature, my lady? Having heard so much about it, my lord, I did my very best to obtain a copy. My maid, who reads to me, kept it in her possession, and in a spirit of playfulness, her acquaintance, this soldier here, took it from her, only to be caught with it. So, you truly are the culprit. Indeed, my lord. Yet, I found its reasoning quite remarkable. For instance? God does not hold kings subservient to the church, for they are a God-appointed office in themselves. <laughs> He has his wits about him. The bishops are indeed a thorn in our flesh. And we could use a man that isn't afraid to speak his mind. This William Tyndale. Then your highness must also offer him pardon. For, as his writings are prohibited, it is my understanding that he lives a fugitive. Somewhere on the continent, I believe. Hmm. Then we shall offer him safe conduct? and a way to be of use to his king. Bring him to me. Yes, your majesty. Four years went by where I continued to translate the scriptures while remaining in Belgium. King Henry VIII's messenger did eventually find me, or more, I found him, and tried to convince me to return to be a part of the king's court. I was reluctant, not for my own safety, but for the continued persecution of the reformers. I sent the messenger back to the king with a letter. From William Tyndale, your majesty. If it would stand with the king's most gracious pleasure to grant that only a small portion of scripture may be distributed among his people, whosoever's translation it may be, I will immediately make a faithful promise not to write more and to return to England, offering my body to suffer whatever punishment necessary, even death. He refuses our gracious request. 
And gives us a condition to his return? A condition? This troublemaker to me? If I allow the scriptures to be distributed, then he will return? What say you, Cardinal? It is clear, Your Majesty, that you either submit to Tyndale to print his scriptures, or, as he threatens, he will continue to cause havoc among the people through his writings. He threatens the church, and now, it seems, he dares to threaten you! N my lord, I, I don't think that... Dares to threaten me! Your Majesty, I'm not, I'm not sure that... A threat indeed. I want him found and arrested. Anyone, anyone found in possession of his writings will be hanged or burned without exception! As persecution mounted in England, I continued to write. My letters were dispersed all over the continent, encouraging sincere Christians to stand firm for their faith. In return, the King and Mother Church of England sent a spy, Henry Phillips, to Belgium to infiltrate my circle of friends. He then led the authorities to capture and imprison me in Vilvoord Castle, where I stayed for 500 days until my trial. You stand accused of heresy. Teaching what is against Mother Church. I have neither written nor taught anything contrary to the Holy Scriptures. You break the laws of our Church. Only when the Church breaks the laws of God. By what right? You set yourself above the authority of the Church. By God's grace, I am a servant of the Church, insomuch as the Church serves God. By your interpretation. By plain understanding of the Holy Scriptures. Your writings are smuggled into the hands of the common people. The Holy Word of God in common language. If the people seek the Scriptures, that is only because their soul is hungry. Recant! Confess your fault! Renounce your writings. Perhaps you shall be spared. I cannot but do as my conscience dictates. Admit your guilt! I cannot but do as my conscience dictates. Then you shall burn! Then I shall burn! Crime of heresy, you are hereby sentenced to be executed by burning. May God have mercy on you. Have you any last words? William, 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 it's me, Andrew. Get back, boy! No, please, just one moment. Yes, Andrew. Hello, boy. William, I'm, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Andrew, it's all right, son. Take heart. But what, what can I do? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Listen to me, Andrew. Did you know that in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, God's word says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life... Nor angels. <laughs> yes. Nor principalities. Nor powers. Nor things present. Nor things to come. Nor height. Nor depth. Nor any other creature shall, shall be, be able, able to, to separate, separate us from, from the love of God... God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. You've been studying. Yes. Be strong, boy. I'll see you again someday. Goodbye, William. Goodbye. All right, that's enough. May God have mercy on your soul. 
Proceed! Lord, feed your sheep. Lord, open the King of England's eyes. Open the King of England's eyes! As we heard from William Tyndale, there is one who is worth dying for. One who will hold you close and help you fight the good fight. William fought for others to understand the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. He died so that others might know Jesus and know that only through repentance and believing in Jesus can we have an eternal life with him in heaven. What about you, friend? Have you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? The one who is worth forsaking all else for? The one that will love you beyond all measure? Romans 8, 38 and 39 say, Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Have you come to know this love? Now, we enjoy hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It could be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We would love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on the same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals, and unshackled in person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. The winner of the sweepstakes for the beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on our social media and an upcoming podcast. And keep an eye out for the following sweepstakes drawing, which will begin in the next couple weeks. This will be your opportunity again to enter and potentially win one of these beautiful reminders of God's Word. And next time... I have a feeling it's going to turn into a blizzard. I'm still going to thank God for a great week. You would. What does that mean? Listen, little brother, you're on such good terms with God. Then you ask him why he did such a bad job of scheduling the snow. A self-made, highly educated man, if there was one, Ethan saw himself rise and fall according to his own decisions and willpower. Your view is that each of us are the gods of our own lives, right? That we can grow great or small, rich or poor, good or evil, simply by willing it and working for it. That's what made me successful. But what if you fail? I rise and fall by me alone. A winter storm, a terrible road accident, and an unexpected rescue would show Ethan a side of life no business school teaches. God, I don't expect anything but help Grayson. Please. Don't miss this powerful and moving Thanksgiving classic, all on the next Unshackled.
This is program number 3696, heard in the true story of William Tyndale, where Jeff Parker, Brad Armacost, Evan Armacost, Natalie Berg, Demetrius Troy, Jim McCants, and Mike Rogalski. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Sound assistant, Martin Robinson. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. And script, Timothy Gregory. This episode was based on the Torchlighter series, Heroes of the Faith. For more information about this outstanding series, visit torchlighters.org. Folks, thank you for listening, and that's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So, until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.